With Hashem Salper learning Soita Daflamet Gimel, we left off on Daflamet Gimel Amadalev, seven lines from the top. The Gemara is going through all of the cases that the Mishnah brought in the beginning of this Patek Elul Ne'emarim. We are up to the category of Tfila. That Tfila, Shmene Esrei, could be said in any language as long as the one who was davening understands that language. It doesn't need to be said specifically in Lashon HaKodesh. So says the Gemara Tefillah. Why could Tefillah be said in any language? Because since Tefillah Rachmehim, Tefillah is a request for Rachmanes, for mercy. And kol the boy matzli. Therefore, it makes sense, as Rashi says, the fourth line from the top of the Amit Tefillah, Diktani Masnisen Bechaloshein, says Rashi, The Gemara doesn't even have to bring a Pasik to prove that Tefillah may be said in any language, because since Toharach Mininu, since Tefillah is a request of mercy, therefore, Vahahu Lishna the Yadu Lechavan Liboy, that the person, who understands that language that he's davening in, is he should daven in that language. Since the Iker of Tefillah is Kavana, so if the Iker is Kavana, the words, the language of those words, are not the Iker, are not the most important, and therefore it's logical that it could be said in any, in any language. Asks the Gemara, but Tefillah b'Chalashin, indeed, can Tefillah be said in any language? The Ha'amar of Yehuda, Lo'olam al Yishal Adam Tzrachav Velashin Aramis. A person should never ask for his needs in the language of Aramish, of Aramaic, because the Amar Abiyichin and Abiyichin and Torahs call Hashoyel Tzrachav Velashin Arami. Whoever will ask his or her needs in the language of Arami. The angels will not pay attention to him. And why won't they pay attention to him? Because these angels that serve Hashem, the word makidin either means they don't recognize, or you know, they don't know it, or they don't care to know it. And let's quickly look inside the marsha. In the Chadushi Agodois, the Marsha gives two meanings into they don't makidin, they don't recognize Aramish, says the Marsha, Ladivre Harosh, Davkenakadloshan Arami, according to the Rosh, angels understand all the languages, including Aramish. However, the reason why one should not daven in Loshan Arami, that specifically regarding some type of detriment that we find in Lashon Arami. Because the angels don't like Aramish because it's some sort of corrupted Lashon Kaidish. And therefore, if you want to speak Lashon Kaidish, speak Lashon Kaidish. If you want to speak another language, speak another language. But don't corrupt Lashon HaKaidish. However, it continues the Marsha, that there are those who hold that angels Pasha don't understand Lashon Arami. And they certainly don't understand any other language. Certainly because Arami has in it some Lashon Kodesh. So the reason why the Gemara spoke about Lashon Arami, says the Masha, is Lerevusa. In other words, Af al Shu Lashon Chashif, Nitin Misinai, as we learn in Megillah, 
Nevertheless, they don't understand Aramish, and they certainly do not understand any other language. In other words, there are two versions in how to understand the opinion of Rabbi Echanan, which is why actually in Halacha we, we, have, we have the opinion that davening could be said in other languages because the Malachim do understand it. But coming back over here, how can we say when when we learn that certainly not in Lashon Arami answers the Gemara Loikasha. Oh, when don't the angels pay attention? Ibalashan Arami, and perhaps according to some in any other language other than Lashan Kaidish, that's only when a person is davening biyachid without a minion. Ha, oh, when do we have our Mishnah that says that you can daven bechalashin bilashinam? That's when you're davening with Sibur. And to word it the way we learn in Hasidis. When we daven, there are two things happening. Firstly, there are our words and our kavana is going up, up high, is touching godliness. And for our tefillah to go up on high, the words, the language is not relevant. More than that, we don't need malachim for our words to touch godliness in the world of Atzilus. But then when our words cause a reaction... And Hashem is going to bless us. Hashem is going to give us, be mashpia on us, more godly light for that godly light to work its way down into the world. So it goes through different levels, including it's going to go down through the Malachi Hasharis. And there, being that they are not makir, Lashadarami, they can't be helpful when their turn comes to allow the influx or the new blessings of Hashem to come all the way down into the world. And interestingly, our very words ultimately become the kalim that hold the brachas that Hashem gave us because of our, our prayer. So our words can be the holders if that, if that energy comes all the way down to the words. But some way down the line, wherever we have the level of malachi hasharis, whether it is elam habriya or in other elamis, there they are not helpful when we speak and when a person davens b'tzibur, that's the key, then they're not needed. Because the godly new hashpa'a that's coming from the world of Atzilus comes straight into this world. We don't need the Malachi Hashoris. Asks the Gemara, Ve'ein Malachi Hashoris, Makirim Lashon Arami. Do they not recognize, do they not pay attention to Lashon Arami? We learned in Abraisa that Yechiren Kain Gadol, and we know that Yechiren Kain Gadol was serving as the Kain Gadol during the story, during the times of the Hashmanoyim. Shoma Baskoil mi base Kodesh Hakodashim. He heard a Baskoil, a Baskoil is some type of Gilui Elikus but not a gilui elikus from the level of atzilus. In other words, not a gilui elikus in the level of a nevuah, but it's a revelation of godliness from a lower level, which is exactly where the malachim play that role of passing something from Hashem down to us. And they heard this baskal shuhu aymer, not chutalia, that the young men were victorious. What young men were victorious? Because the Oslo, there were certain young Kahanim that went to fight a battle in the city of Antoichia against the Greeks of the time. Antoichia is northern Israel where modern day Turkey is. And he heard a Baskal notifying that they won. What were the words that were used through the Baskal? Lashon Arami. 
if Malachi Asharis are either not familiar with or they don't pay attention to Lashon Arami, then how can a Basco be heard in that language? And more than that, that wasn't only a one-time incident, but Veshuv Maisa, there was a story with Shimon HaTzadik. Shimon HaTzadik was the Kohen Gadol that was serving in the beginning of Bayesheni. He was from the very few Kahanim Gadolim that served for many years. And he heard again, a baskel in the Kodesh Shakadoshim while he was doing that Voida Anyam Kippur, Shuho Oimer, that the baskel was saying, was announcing that Betelas Avidita do Omar Sano, that our enemies said, and as we'll see in a moment, they were going to dispatch a group to bring an Avoid Zora in the Kodesh Shakadoshim, and that desire was Betelas, that was eliminated. You know, it's they wanted They wanted to come down and to contaminate the Hechel. And why was it eliminated? The Baskel gave the reasons because Veneherag Gas Kalgas, because the king or the general who was then in charge of that region, who was the one who emitted this decree, he got killed. And therefore, his decrees were nullified as well. And there's nothing to worry about. The, the Goyim attempting to bring an idol inside the Holy of Holies. It's interesting that the art scroll brings from the Toldos Tanoim Vamaroyim that during the times of Shimon Sadik, we didn't have such a general, to our knowledge, that's called Gaskalgas. So therefore, he suggests that maybe, we're very careful to change a gears in the Gemara, that it's not Shimon Hatzadik, but it's Shimon Kasrois, who was a Kohen Gadol during the end of the time of the second base Amigdash, and there there were Roman wicked generals whose names were very similar to this Gas Kalgas that the Gemara is recorded. Be that as it may, another detail of the story continues the price of Ekivnu Oysasha, and we can learn this goes on the second story, perhaps this goes also on the first story, that, that the Yidin who were told by those Kahanim Gedolim about the Baskal that they heard, they wrote down the time that the voice came out from the Kodesh HaKadoshim, and later when they discovered that indeed the Baskal was saying that the Talia were Nitzchu, that they won the battle, or this Gas Kalgas was killed, and Vikivnu, they noticed later that that was exactly the time where that event happened. Back to the question, Arami Hoya the Baskal was Belashan Arami. So how can you tell me that Malachi Asharis do not pay attention to according to the Rosh, as we learned out in the Marsha, or they Pashit they don't recognize Lashan Arami gives the Gemara the following Shani Avida that a Baskal could be spoken out in Lashan Arami. And again, using the words that we spoke out before for our words to go up to Hashem, for that it does not go through any in-between, middle, even angels. It goes directly, it hits the target right away. And more than that, as we began in the Gemara, it's obvious that we can speak our words in any language because the, the main part of davening is one's kavana. The kavana goes straight up. But now that those tefillos, they... Thank God, they have a power, and they affect a response. The response of God comes down from one world to a lower world to a lower world until it comes all the way down into our very words that we articulated, and they hold the nubracha that our tefillah affected. So first of all, baskoil is not on the level where we need the malachi hasharis. You know, it's the malachi hasharis taka cannot be kalim to help the tefillah come down if it's spoken in arami, because they don't recognize it, they don't pay attention to it. But Baskoil is from a different world, and over there, 
the, the energy, the divine new hashba that's coming through the baskoil could come Baloshan Arami, or I'll tell you better. The angels generally do not recognize, or they do not pay attention to Loshan Arami. But there's one exception, and there is the Malach Gavriel. And Malach Gavriel, Dafka speaks all the languages, as we learned that Bo Gavriel will limb the Shivim Loshan, that when Yosef Atzadik wasn't jailed the night before, he was brought to Paray. Being that he would eventually become the viceroy of Egypt and one of the preconditions to be a minister in his court were to speak all the languages and Yosef HaTzadik then did not speak all of the 70 languages. So the Malach Gavriel, that's the Tefillin Shmona essay, that the Malachim praised Hashem, that Hashem through Malach Gavriel taught Yosef HaTzadik the languages. So that Basco came through Gavriel. But when we daven, we don't know if Malach Gavriel will be part of bringing the brachas down into this world. So therefore, we do not daven. And again, there's a machlekes haratayich that they don't recognize it. And we go, we paskin according to the opinion that they actually know all the languages. But they don't pay attention to Lashon Arami because it's a corrupted Lashon Kodesh. They don't like the corruption of it. But because they understand all the other languages and they'll... And, and, and the words, no matter in what language it is, whether it is in English, or whether it is in Russian, or in French, that the brachas are able to make its way down even through those words. Continues the Gemara quoting, continues the Mishnah quoting from the Gemara, Bircha Samazin. Again, Bircha Samazin may be said, in any language, as long as we understand that language. And here we have a very interesting machlekes Rashi Toysvis as to how the Gemara begins. In other words, in yesterday's daf, and in many cases today in daf Lamad Gimel, the Gemara is beginning with the words Minalon or Ketzat. How do you know it can be Bechaloshin? And as we learned the Rashi in the beginning of Tefillah, that by Tefillah the Gemara did not say, how do we know it? Because why would we think you can't say Tefillah Bechaloshin? Here too, it's, let's, we can read both Rashi and Toysavis. We'll read it both in Toysavis. The second Toysavis in the Amit. Says Toysavis that Rashi Shibei Shagirsa. Rashi made a mistake in the Girsa. Rashi did not have in his version the words Minalon. According to Rashi, again, like in the previous sugya of Tfilah, the Gemara didn't even need a verse to prove that may be said even in a language other than Hebrew, because the Why would we even think that it has to be in Lashon Kodesh? So therefore, there is no Minalan. Toysavis disagrees with that. Toysavis holds that if not for the Pasuk that the Gemara brings, one would have thought that we should compare the blessings of Birch HaSamazin to the blessings of the Brachas and Kalalis that we have in Pasha's Kisavi. And just like by the Baruchis and the Klolis, as we learned yesterday in the Mishnah, as we'll learn, God willing, soon here in the Gemara, they dafka needed to be spoken in Lashon Kodesh. And not only that, but they become the source for other dinim that the Mishnah spoke out that have to be, say, that have to be said dafka in Lashon Kodesh. So one would have thought, Baruchis, Baruchis, Ka'ilu L'gzeda Shava. The Baruchis of the Levium needed to be said in Lashon Kodesh by Hargrizam Harevel, maybe all Barachas need to be say, said by Lashon Kodesh. So Toysavis adds the words, and therefore, Minolan, from where do we know that Birchas Hamazen indeed may be said by Lashon? And here the answer is, in the Gemara, the main goal here is to bench Hashem. We should articulate words of blessings, and therefore we learn from that, as long as we gave the Baracha, we fulfilled our obligation. Continuing back, the, in the Gemara, quoting from the Mishnah, Shvua Sa'edus, 
as we explained, that if two witnesses are being adjured, if they're being, to, if they're being challenged to come say test testimony regarding uh, any case, and they deny knowledge, if there is an oath involved in that denial, whether the litigant tells them, Mashbia ani aleichem, and they say, Amen, whether they themselves offer, I swear I don't know, later, if they do tshuva, part of the tshuva is to bring a unique type of carbon chatas called carbon oil of And on this says the Mishnah that the oath that God forbid is said falsely, which later, which, which, which causes a need for a kapara, doesn't have to be an oath said with Lashon Kodesh. Even if it's said in any language, then the, the dinim of Shvua Sa'edus are applicable. Interestingly here, Rashi adds the words Minalon. And why does Rashi add the words Minalon? Amazing. He says what Tresfus says before. He says, because if not for a Pasik, being that we have the oaths that were given by the Leviim, the Brachas and Klolois, and they needed to be Davke Balashana Kaidish. So one would have thought that the dinim of Shvua Sa'edus should be learned from the Brachas and Klolois from Hagrizam Harevel. And that has to be Balashan Kaidish, maybe the penalty for swearing falsely when it comes to denying a testimony is only going to be a penalty if one said it, but it's not so. Why? In the portion of Shvua Sa'edus, the Torah adds the words that if a soul sinned and he or she heard, heard as we learned yesterday, Shema, Shema also means understanding, that as long as a oath was understood, then the consequences are that which the Torah prescribes. And likewise, that if someone denies ever being entrusted in being a guardian over someone else's belongings, and they swear that I'm not a guardian, you never gave me something to watch over, and then they, they confess, they do tshuva, so you have, the, you know, the, you have, they have to return the article, they have to add a fifth, they have to bring a carbon asham. No matter in what language their false oath was made, how do we know that? Asya techte techte mishvuos We have exeder shava. The same word that is used techte in shvuos ha'edus is used in shvuos hapikadin. And by shvuos ha'edus we have the word shama. So techte 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 shama shama b'cholosha in sha'ata shemeya. And now the Gemara quotes from the Mishnah, and the Mishnah began with Mikrabikurim. Then the Mishnah went on to Chalitzon, Chuli, and then the Mishnah went back. We're quoting the lengthy, a lengthy part of the Mishnah. Mikrabikurim Ketzad, from Ketzad means Minolon. That's the Mishnah. How do we know that the statements that we make, beginning with the Psukamarami Oivadavi? need to be said specifically only exclusively in the holy tongue because since it says they should speak up and they should say it's a complete extra word and later in when it comes to the blessings and the curses that were given on Mount Grizim and Mount Evol, the Torah uses the same type of expression of Anu Amru, speaking up and saying Va'anu Halavim Va'amru, Kolish Yisrael, etc., etc. So said the Mishnah, Ma'aniya Hamura Lahalon, just like by the Brachas and Klolis, dear, those blessings and those curses were said only Balashan HaKadosh, Afkan, Gzeda Shava, Balashan HaKadosh. Now, the Gemara asks the question, 
No, it's the Mishnah used the Levium as a source for Lashon HaKadosh. But the Mishnah never asked, the Mishnah never showed us how do we know that those Barachas and Kalolis can only be said by Lashon HaKadosh. So here the Gemara answers, Asya Koil Koil Mimosha. Another Gzeda Shava. That the word Koil, Siv Hacha, it's written over here, Koil Ram. In other words, by the blessings and the curses, it says, mm-hmm. in a loud voice. And it says, over there, where is over there? There is in Parsha Sisrei, before the Torah records for the first time, and it says, and just like that's a given, it's known that Hashem spoke, Hashem speaks, Afkan, here also, Lashon HaKadosh. So really, how do we know, for example, that Chalitza, according to the Chachamim, Bikurim, they need to be said, Lashon HaKadosh, so it's Aniya Va'amira, Aniya Va'amira, and that's then, Koil, Koil, it, or everything originates from the Hashem speaking out to us, the ten Dibris. Now the Chachamim used that same type of Gzeresh by Chalitza as well. Because by, in the middle of the portion of Chalitza, it says, the woman, however, came at Rabbi Yehuda, and with the Girsa and Rashi, as we spoke out, I don't have to learn Chalitza from the, from the Brachas and Klalis, from the Levim, because in the portion of Chalitza itself, there is a word which is Kacha, Kacha Yeyasa Leish Ashelo Yivna, etc., that word is extra, and kacha means like this, like this meaning in these words, in Lashon HaKadosh. Now the question is, what do the Chachamim do with that kacha? They learn Lashon HaKadosh, Anuva Amru, Anuva Amru, Koil, Koil. Verabanan hai kacha mai of delay, answers the Gemara, ah, kacha, that's needed to teach you another din. And this is something that we learned in Yavamis. Ledavar shuhu that some, the parts of the dinim, of the ceremony, of Yibum, there are parts that need to be spoken, and then there are two parts that are called an action. The action that needs to happen during the ceremony of Yibum is her removing his shoe, that's an action, and her spitting in his direction. Now, we learned there in the Mishnah, at the end of the Yavamis, which one, so there's really three parts to it. There is an, there's an exchange of words, there is the chalitza itself, the removing of the shoe, and then there's the spitting. So the Chachamim learned from the words Kacha that whatever parts of the ceremony are parts of action, Ma'akev, they are essential. And if she did not remove his shoe, and if she did not spit, then the whole ceremony was not valid. If the words of the Psukim were not said, then the ceremony of Chalitza is valid. Taka, they're going to miss out the mitzvah of speaking the words, but it's not Ma'akev, it's not essential. Now where does Rabbi Yehuda learn the same din? which is that the parts of the ceremony that are of action are essential. So Rabbi Yehuda says that the trader could have said that the woman says, koi ye leish. Not kacha, koi. It would have meant the same thing. So should, so should happen. The taich is the same. Kacha. So there's a double extra word. One is to teach you that maise ma'akif, and the other one is to teach you, Rabbi Yehuda, that it has to be said, there's an extra letter. So here is always where we come down to this little point, that just like we just learned recently that certain of the Tanoim did not darshan vav, 
only Rabbi Kiva Darshan Vavin, or as we had yesterday, Devarim Hadvarim, an extra hey. This extra letter the Chachamim don't have. They need to use the words Kacha to teach you that anything that is of action is Ma'akiv. So there's nothing left to teach them the din of Lashon HaKodesh. So they use the Gzeda Shava, Va'ansa Va'amra, turning the Amit. Now, Rabbi Yehuda, now that Rabbi Yehuda learns the din of Lashon HaKodesh by the Chalitza, by the Yibim ceremony, by the Chalitza ceremony, how, what does he do with the words Answers the Gemara, I'll tell you what. Until now we were learning that Levian Brachas and Klolois is the Talmud from the Aseres Hadibrois. By the Aseres Hadibrois, that is the Lashon HaKadosh. So the Ten Commandments teaches to the Levian, and now the Levian, the Brachas and Klolois teach the Bikurim, Teach to Chalitza, Rabbi Yehuda doesn't have the Gzairah of Koil Koil. So it's not that something else taught the Levim. How do we know by, by that by the Levim it has to be Velashon HaKodesh? He doesn't learn it from Koil Koil. So This is Gavaldic. In other words, according to Rabbi Yehuda, the source of something that needs to be said Velashon HaKodesh is Taka Chalitza. V'onsa V'amra is written by Chalitza, by the Pashas Kisavai. By the brachas and klolis, it says, V'onu halavim v'amru, aniya v'amira. So now chalitza is the teacher that teaches that v'onu v'amru, that the brachas and klolis have to be said, b'loshen ha-koydish, ay v'leilif koyl ni moisheh. Says the Gemara, no. That anoya and anoya gomur, that Rabbi Yehuda had the gzeri shava of anu v'amru, but koyl koyl loy gomur. And as let's read inside the third line in Rashi, this is important. Very important rule. When it comes to other of the Yud Gimel Midois, when it comes to a Kalva Chaymer, if you have a Kalva Chaymer, as long as you understand exactly how the Kalva Chaymer should function, there are many limits to it, then your Svat is valid. You can have, you, we, can have, we can sort of say discover our own Kalva Chaymers. Gzeir Shavas we can't make up. And obviously we can't make it up. Here it says, There it says, You can all of a sudden compare all the dinim one to each other. Gezeda Shavas can only work when Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu, these words and these words and those words are a Gzeda Shava. And that tradition was passed down. A Talmud that was Makabal, that Anuva Amru, Anuva Amru is a Gzeda Shava. By the way, many times they did not hear explicitly from their teachers for what the Gezeda Shavas used. One second. They were not taught what it's used for. So they needed to figure out themselves what it's used for. They were taught a halach. A Gezeda Shava, they were given a clue. You should know, Anuva Amru. Now, what does Anuva Amru teach you? You have to have human seichel. Schwitz. Figure out, it must refer to Lashon HaKadosh. And I'm sure they went through other possibilities and they ruled it out. But if you Bechlal never got a tradition that koil koil is used, you can't make it up on your own. So therefore, Rabbi Yehuda Adarab and Yudz Chalitza, Chalitza is the teacher, and the Brachas and Klolis is the Talmud from it. Tanya Namihachi, and we learned that clearly in Abraisa, again, clearly in Abraisa that Rabbi Yehuda learns from Kacha that Chalitza needs to be said, not like the Chachamim that learn Chalitza from Brachas and Klolis. It says in Abraisa, Rabbi Yehuda Oimer, Kol Mokim Shinemar Koi, 
We'll see that soon by Birchas Kahanim, Koi Suvar Chosvene Yisrael. And as we learned in the Mishnah, Birchas Kahanim also needs to be said, Dafke Koi, Belashan HaKodesh, or where it says, Kacha, and this refers to Chalitza, or where it says, Adnoi Yavamira, Einoi Ela Lashan HaKodesh. And the Braisa speaks it out. Koi refers to Koi Suvar Kacha refers to Chalitza, right? That's not like the Chachanim. Anivamira refers to the Levium. Interestingly, that Koi, Kacha, those words themselves is the proof that it has to be Velashen Kodesh. The words Aniyava Amira, the Levium, those words don't imply Velashen Kodesh. Aniyava Amira means speak up. How do we know that speaking up also means Velashen Kodesh? Either we learn this from Koil Koil, or we learned this from Chalitza. Continues the Gemara. And now we are quoting the Mishnah that Brachos, Uklolos, Ketzad, the Mishnah gave you, spelled out for us exactly how the Brachos and Klolos were given. Kiven when the Jewish people crossed over the Jordan. So before we start reading inside, let's make a quick recap of this next piece of the Gemara by heart. Moshe Rabbeinu, at the end of his life, right, in Chumash Dovarim, we were, he was standing and we were standing with him on the east side of the Yardain River, approximately where Yerichai is to the west, that is we were to the east. Moshe Rabbeinu, when he told us, and again this is written, Sai in Parshas Re'ei, the beginning of it, clearly, Brachis and Klolis and Hagrizam and Ahrevam. And then when it's actually spoken out in more detail in Parshas Kisavai, all of that is part of the commandment that Hashem gave us through Moshe Rabbeinu as to what we should do when we cross the Jordan River. Now here's the challenge. When we cross the Jordan River, right near the Jordan River to the west bank of the river, either there were two small mounds, two small mountains that might have been Grizem and Evil, or as we'll learn soon, according to certain Tanoim, according to the Yerushalmi, we actually, we made little mounds and we called one Grizem and we called one Har Evil, and it was there that the Barachas and Klaus were given. That's going to be one opinion. In other words, it's going to be adjacent to the Yardim on the West Bank, Taka right near a place called Gilgal. However, there's another approach. And that is that there are two mountains that we know them today. Mount Grizim and Mount Evil. And Imamish, the Mount Grizim is filled with greenery. And right adjacent to it, Har Evil is as a dead mountain. And it's right near Shechem. And that's the other option as to where Har Grizim and Har Evil is. Now that Har Grizim and Har Evil is way to the west from the Jordan River. It's not right across the river. It's not even one day's travel. It's many day's travel. It's near Shemes, for those of us who know Eretz Yisrael. So it's Taka Hagrizam Harevel, but it's not near the Gilgal. Gilgal was right near the Jordan River. So says the Gemara, quoting a Machlekes Tanoim, as to exactly where did this happen. So we start quoting the Pasik that is written in Parshas Re'ei, right? So... It, it says over there that the Nasata Sabrach Lagrizim Fasaklahar Evil. And then it says in the Pasik, Haloihema Beeva Hayarding. And now we have to have the next word. Let's read the Pasik out. Acharei Derech Mevoi Hashemish. We're going to interpret every word in a moment. Many Simonim are given by Moshe Rabbeinu. So after the path of Mevoi Hashemish, 
in the land of the Canaan, who live on the plains, Mul Hagilgo, So many different signs as to where these mountains are, and it's still not clear. So begins the Brais according to Shita Verebi Yehuda, Haloi Hema Me'ever Layardain. So he says, Me'ever Layardain Ve'elech. That you know where these mountains are, not immediately over the Jordan River, not on the west bank of the Jordan River, which is taken near the Gilgal. Not that. Hitaka meant Be'ever Hayardain far away Be'ever Layardain. All the way by Shechem, and by the way, our Mishnah is this opinion, because our Mishnah said that it was by Shechem. And now Rabbi Yehuda is going to interpret every single sign that is given in Parshas Re'ei. When the Torah says the words, As Rashi explains, the word Achar and Achare both means after, but it's different. Achar means immediately adjacent, immediately after. Achare means far after. Far after what? Far after the Mevoi Hashemesh. What does Mevoi Hashemesh mean? So Rabbi Yehuda interprets Mevoi Hashemesh means the coming of the sun. The coming of the sun means sunrise. So far away from sunrise means far into the west. It's not immediately west of the Jordan. No, Acharei Derech Mevoi Hashemesh. Go far away from east. Go more into the west. Be'eretz Aknani. Ha'yoshiv what does Be'eretz Aknani HaYeshev Ba'amara refer to? That refers to Hargrizim and Har Evil. And where is this place? So says Rabbi Yehuda in the Braise, you know where this is? She'yoshvim bohem kuti'im. Where today, today meaning when Rabbi Yehuda said the Braise, amazingly, it's taka today, tafshenayin rav today. It's where the kuti'im live. The kuti'im who were a group of people that were imported into Eretz Yisrael by the wicked king Sanchedev after he exiled Aseret Ashvatim, and he wanted to populate the land and he made this bilbul, he made this confusion in all of the civilized world of the time that he moved the locals out to a faraway country and he brought foreigners in to create internal chaos no one should have the time or the energy to rebel against him so he brought them to parts of Eretz Yisrael into this area a group called the Kutiim and they converted out of fear and over the time when the Braise was written it became clear that even though then they accepted the written Torah they denied the whole Torah Shabalpeh and they held that the place Hashem, the place that God chose is Hargrizim and Har Evil and they brought proofs by the fact that on Parshas Kisavoy when the Torah speaks there about the Baruchas Akwalis, the Eretaka says that when we set up those stones where those blessings were given, we take it then brought Karbanis. We brought Oilais, we brought Shlamim. So they hold that as the chosen place. Until today, you have a group of Samaritans, which is as our Mishnah said, the Shaimranim, the Mishnah used the word Shaimran, that they are descendants from the Kutiyim, and they taka bring Karbanis over there today. So that is where it is. Okay, all of this is like the town of our Mishnah, the Hagrizim and Harevel is by Shechem. Now, the next four words are very problematic because the problem on, on the sheet of Rebbe Yehuda, Takanais, Acharei, Derech Mavai Hashemish, means far away from the east. The only problem is, is that Shechem is not near the Gilgal. Actually, in the Yerushalmi, the next four words are taken out. The Yerushalmi quotes the same Raisa. 
He doesn't write the words Mul HaGilgal Samach Gilgal because if Hagrizim and Harevel, according to Rabbi Yehuda, is where we know today are those mountains, then it's not near the Gilgal. Or Fakert, according to this Girsa, Rabbi Yehuda is acknowledging the problem. I, it says Mul HaGilgal. So Rabbi Yehuda answers, it's not Mamish right across the Gilgal. It's near the Gilgal, a couple of days walk. But Gilgal is the only simon that doesn't fit. Eitzel Eloine Moire. Now, what will else? The Epasik ends in Re'e, Eitzel Eloine Moire. And now it's like our Mishnah. Ah, that's Taka by Shechem. Hagrizim and Arevel is by Shechem. How do we know that? Because Lahalon, Oimer, because it says Lahalon, meaning back in the Chumash, by Avram, when he was still called Avram. Vayavar Avram, Oaretz Ad Mokayim Shechem, Ad Eloine Moire. Ma Eloine Moire, Ha'omer Lahalon Shechem, Afkan Shechem. And now, according to the Bach, the next words, Tanya, are not written in because what continues is actually a continuation of this Braisa. So we have the Shita of Rabbi Yehuda. Cross the Jordan, not adjacent. Go all the way to Shechem. And based on this, Amr Rabbi Yosi, Ah, but Amr Zed, because of this, because of Rabbi Yehuda, Ziyafti Sifri Kutim. I prove to the Kutim that their Sifri Torah were forged. The Kutiyim, like many before and many later, who plagiarized our Torah and then they tweaked it to make it fit to their false belief. The Kutiyim, they did not believe in Torah Shabal Peh. They wanted to have a Pasuk that writes clearly that their Mount Grizim, their Mount Evil is Taka, the right place. In Parsha Sre'ei, the Torah doesn't say the word Shechem. We know what Shechem because Torah Shabal Peg Zayda Shava. Elon Moira, Elon Moira. They don't have a Torah Shabal Peg. So what did they do? So they added in their Torah, they added the word Shechem. So Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Yossi told them, Amarti Lahem, Zayaftam Teraschem, Veloya Lissim, Yatchem Klum. You forged your Torah and you're not benefiting anything. In other words, We also know what Shechem. But we learn it Anu. But you, you, you know you forged it because you took it from us and our Sefer Torah doesn't say Shechem. So how can you put in the word Shechem? Where did you learn it from? You don't have where to take it from. So you're picking and choosing, you're taking what you want and I proved from them that their Sefer Torah is a forgery. Or to word it differently, you know, it's how did you take a know Shechem? Because... Uh, you, you, you have to rely on the Gzeda Shava. If you, if you rely on the Gzeda Shava, if you already rely on Torah Shabal Peh, Torah Shabal Peh, whenever it says in the Chumash, B'mokim Asher Yifchar, Hashem did not mean Shem, not Har Grizim, not Har Evil. Hashem meant Yerushalayim. How do we know it? Torah Shabal Peh. You don't accept Torah Shabal Peh, so how do you know Shem? That is what he told. Now, all of that is the Shita of Rabbi Yehuda. However, continues the B'raisa, Rabbi El-Lazar Oimer, this is great, he looks at the same Pasuk in the A and he says, you didn't interpret it properly. The Torah is not telling us to go all the way to Shechem. Since the Pasuk in the A begins, that you have to go cross over the Jordan, Moshe Rabbeinu was not referring to a place that days walks away. And the Ime Ever Hayarden Ve'elach, Haloiksiv, and he has a better question. It says, now he's quoting a Pasuk in Kisavai. And there it says, 
that right after you cross over the Jordan, that is where you should set up the stones. We'll get to the stones in a moment, but though that was the place of the Brachas and Kalalois. There it's mashma from the Pasik right after you cross over the Jordan. According to you, we didn't set up these stones right after we crossed the Jordan. We needed to work to walk to Shechem. That's more than the, it wasn't the same day we crossed the Yarding. Which will mean, according to Rabbi Yehuda, you have to say that a mess happened. That he, we were commanded to cross the Jordan, and on that same day set up the area to give the blessings and the curses. I, it's more than a few days away. Hashem told us through Moshe Rabbeinu, you'll get there on the same day. And Abu Lazar will hold, you can't rely on a miracle. If you're supposed to cross the Jordan and do something immediately on that day, it must be referring to a place that is physically close enough that you'll get there on that day. And more than that, when it says, like Rashi explained, means far away. Far away from what? What's after a lot? After Mevai Hashemesh. So says Rabbi Elazar, don't interpret Mevai Hashemesh sunrise. So Mevai Hashemesh means far away from sunrise. It means deep into west, the opposite. Mevai Hashemesh, Uba Hashemesh, right? Psachim can mean sunset. So it means the opposite. means far away from sunset. In other words, not in the west, towards the east. Now, of course, this was on the west side of the Jordan River. But right after we crossed the Jordan River, don't go all the way into the sunset. And then Abulazah goes even better. It says, again, we're going back to the Pasuk in the 8. You who hold that Hargarism means the real Hargarism that we call today, you know where that is. That wasn't occupied by the Canaanim. During the time we entered Eretz Yisrael, you know which nation of the seven nations lived in Shechem? The Chivim. So it should have said, Now for each one, Rabbi Yehuda can have an answer. Because we find many other times in the Torah, that all of the seven nations are called with the generic name of Canaanim. And then he goes, in the plains. Shechem is not on the plains. Shechem is ben So therefore, again, according different opinions, either there were two little mountains right across the Jordan River, and they're also called Grizim and Abel, or the Yerushalmi says, we pushed, we made a symbolic mounds and we called one Grizim and one Evil. Mul HaGilgal, and this is the best one, right near the Gilgal, if it means Shechem, Gilgal is so far away that even when you are on top of the mountain, you don't see Gilgal. What do you mean, Samach Gilgal? So because of all that, Rabbi Lazar holds that it was the Grizim and Evil right after we crossed over the Yardin. Gilgal is a location. And Gilgal was the location in which we built the Mishkan for 14 years. So it's going to hop according to Rabbi Yehuda that we made a Takah HaGrizam HaRevel by Shechem, but then we walked back. And, we, okay. Now, says Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov, and Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov is going to make a statement that Rashi says, which will be used, Sai Rabbi Lazar, and also for Rabbi Yehuda. You know, this can be used to answer all of these questions. That when the Pasuk says in the A, that again, right, etc., that this Pasuk is not using all of these simonim to tell you where Grizim and Avril are. This Pasuk is Hashem, through Moshe Rabbeinu, 
telling us that just like in the Midbar, in the first stage of our journey, Barashayna, we were guided by Hashem. How were we guided by Hashem? Because there was the Anani Yaakovit. And now that Aaron passed away, now that Yeshua is taking us into Eretz Yisrael, there are no Anani Yaakovit. So we, Hashem wanted to make it clear to us through Moshe Rabbeinu that it's not like God is telling us, go into the land and figure it out on your own. That just like I leaded every step of your way, where to go, where not to go, in the first stage, now that we are entering Bashniya, the second stage of our journey, Hashem is telling us exactly how to walk. And every one of the simonim in the Pasuk, in the A, is another tip as to how we should enter our land. Just like God led us through the Anani HaKavit. So what does derech mean, right? Hashem was telling us that when we enter the land, we should walk on the highways, on the roads, and not through the fields and the vineyards. You know, sometimes when you enter a foreign land and you plan to conquer it, so there's two different approaches. One approach is, I'm going to hide myself. I'm going to use unconventional ways of entry. Here, Hashem is telling us, no, 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 go on the road. It's your land. Don't walk through like a ganaf at the night. The word Hayoshev means go through populated areas. You can say, okay, I'll go through the highways when it's connecting one city to the other. But when we're going to be entering populated areas, everyone is going to see we're coming. They're going to come and fight us. Go on the road and go where it's populated. Don't go through the deserts. Ba'arava means go on the plain roads. Go where it's easier to walk. Don't go over the mountains and the hills. And this really will, will resolve everything. According to everyone, that's not the meaning of the Pasuk. And again, Hagrizim Harevel, Machlekes, Rabbi Yehuda, and Abu Lazar. Now let's continue. Now we're starting a Gevaldik Sugya of the, of the miracles that Hashem performed to us as we were crossing the Yardin. Says the Braisa, Ketzad Ovru Yisrael Yardin, exactly how did we cross the Jordan River? Bechol Yoim, says the Braisa, during every day while we were traveling. During, in the desert during the 40 years, only went after two. The golem means flags, it means formations. And this is what we learned in Bamei Nasai, the beautiful way that we were set up around the Aden. So the Jewish people, the 12 tribes, were divided into four formations. Every formation consisted of three Shvatim. And each one of these formations were led by one of the Shvatim. So we, when we were camping, we were camping around the Aron Kaidish. The Torah is the center of the Jewish people. Torah and Tefillah, the Mishkan. When we traveled according to the one way we learned the Braiso, we traveled in a straight line. So how did that straight line look like? So the camp, the first group of three led by Yehuda went in the front. The next group of three, the next formation led by Reuven went the second. And then the Mishkan went in between. So the Mishkan was with the Aron Kodesh, just like when we were settled, when we camped, was in middle of, protected by, surrounded by all of the 12 tribes, even though we traveled in a single line, but the Aron didn't go on the front. The Mishkan didn't go on the front. It was two formations, no, it's six Shvatim, the Aron Kodesh, that's the way it says in clear in the Chomish, and then the final two Groups of the tribes. However, Hayoim, but, but on the day that we crossed into Eretz Yisrael, Nasat Chila, the Aron Kodesh went in front, even in front of Yehuda. Shinamar, as it says, Hine Aroin Habris Adoin Kalaris. 
that the Aroin Bris that represented, that was a manifestation of the master of the world, Oiver, where? Not, in, not amongst you. Lifnechem. Continues the Braisa, every day. We know that the, you know, the Leviim were divided into three families, all written in the Chumash, and the Kahas family were given the merit, the schus, of carrying the Kli Kodesh, including the Aron Kodesh, after it was covered by the Kahanim. But but on the day that we crossed the Yardei, Nosohu, Kahanim, the Kahanim carried it. Shinamar as it says, that the moment the soles, the feet of the Kahanim rested, in the Jordan, the Jordan split, as we'll see in a moment. But in other words, and the Pasik adds, when the soles or the heels of the feet of the Kahanim that were carrying the Oden Hashem rested in the Jordan. So here you see clearly that when we cross the Yardin, the Kahanim carry the Oden Kaidish. Tanya, we learned, Rabbi Yaisi says, that there were three times in history where the Kahanim were the ones that carried the Oden. The first one was, as we're learning here, when we crossed the Jordan, the Kahasim, the Levim did not carry it, it was the Kahanim. The second was, when we surrounded Yerechai, as we'll learn soon, that what happened was that for seven days in a row, that we surrounded the entire city. Every day we went around the city. For the first six days, we ran around Yerichai once. On the seventh day, we went around Yerichai seven times. And there was a whole ceremony. There was a blowing of the shofar. We were carrying the Aron Kodesh. Who was carrying the Aron Kodesh when we went around Yerichai? That ultimately led to the uh, miraculous collapsing of the walls of Yerichai. And that was the first city that we conquered when we entered the land. It was held by the Kahanim. And the third time, says the Braisa, was... When the Aron Kaidish was returned to its place. So, being that we have a few extra minutes, let's look inside by detail in the Rashi. In other words, six lines from the bottom says Rashi, that when the times of King Solomon, he was the one that actually brought it into the base, Kaidish Akadashim. As it says, and it says clearly in Malachim, and that's the meaning of the words in the Braisa that Now, where did the Aaron Kaidish come from? So Rashi makes a nice, uh, it's not such a kitzer, he goes through the history of the Aaron Kaidish. Like this. The Aaron Kaidish went into exile during the days of Eli Hakoim. Mamish, Metoich, base Kaddish Kaddish. Shel Mishkan. Well, it's during the times of Eliyah Kayin. That was the last time that the Mishkan stood in Shiloi. And what Mishkan stood? The Mishkan, Mamish, the Mishkan that Moshe Rabbeinu made. So we took out the Aaron Kaidish when we went to a battle. And the Pelishtim uh, captured the Aaron Kaidish. And as we know from Nach, that whoever was housing the Aaron Kaidish by the Pelishtim was terribly punished. And they, all of them were being punished. So after a few months, they realized that they have to return it. The problem was that when they returned the Aron Kaidish, the Mishkan was no longer standing. And therefore, the Neshtab base Avinadav, that a Jew called Avinadav, had the merit and the responsibility to have the Aron Kaidish in his house. Umisham, Rashi continues the second to last line. Heviu David, Lesoif Esrim Shanam. 
lebeis oived edoim from the house of Avinadav it went to the house of oived edoim, and from over there it went to the city of David, meaning Yerushalayim, and it stayed outside. There wasn't a beis hamikdash built yet. That inside the Hechel itself, as we had in the Mishkan, there was a curtain that divided the Holy from the Holy of Holies. And Taka later in the second Beis HaMikdash, we had two curtains. But during the first Beis HaMikdash, the, what Shleim HaMelech Baruch HaKadosh built as a divider was a wall. And that wall was called the Amatraxen. We learned this in Yuma. And now that we had the Chatzitza, in other words, now that we had a divider that separated the Holy from the Holy of Holies, and that, now we have a Kodesh HaKadoshim. And that, says Rashi, So these are the three times. Let's have another few lines in Daf Lamed Dalet. So the Kahanim were carrying the Aron Kodesh. And they were walking in front of all of the Jewish people. And the Kivin, Shenit Ragle Kahanim Bamayim. The moment the legs, the feet, the soles of the Kahanim just immersed in the waters of the Jordan River. Yeah, forget about middle. Normally, yeah, they walked straight in a straight column. The Kahanim were walking in the front. All the other tribes. They were leading the Jewish people in the Seder of the Pasik. Mishkan was in the middle when we camped. Normally the Mishkan was in the middle when we traveled. The exception was when we entered Eretz Yisrael. The Erdaran was in the front. And when the Kahanam's feet immersed in the waters, the waters went backwards. So as we'll see in a moment, it doesn't mean that the flow of the waters went backwards. What it does mean is that there was a miracle and it's, the Hashem put a barrier in the Jordan exactly where the Kahanam's feet were. So the water that's flowing in one direction was unable to continue to flow. So instead of going further, it started to go up. So Achereya means the water started to go upwards. Shinemar as it says, yeah, by Kriyas Yamsov, the waters were split on both sides. In a sea, the waters are moving on both sides. So the miracle was Miyamin Umismail. The Torah says that many times. But by the Jordan, the Jordan is a river. A river is flowing in one direction. The miracle happened in one place. There was one wall. Because it's a flow, so Hashem stopped the flow. So the water, instead of going further, went up, and then the other side was dry. As it says, that the water started to stand up, and Komu Neid Echad, they rose in again in one column. There were two columns. By the, by, the, by the miracle of the Yardin, there was this one column. It's an amazing continuation of the Baraisa. We'll stop in the middle. Exciting. Emir Tzashem to be continued tomorrow.